0: All right, guys. Today we are I am starting um a new segment for Settle Down called the Whisker Fishing 208 Podcast. I am going to be covering a bunch of fishing content and outdoor content and um having a bunch of different people on for interviews. Um today I got my buddy Scott. Um, Scott, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good man. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored yeah, to course. be the first guy.
0: Hell yeah, man. It's uh good to have you. So uh Scott is one of my good buddies. My best friend, who's also my roommate, is has been close friends with him since they were little. And he recently moved up to Idaho, and uh, we did a lot of uh, summer catfishing uh, this past summer on the Snake River and parts of the Boise River. And we're just going to be talking about that today. So, um, yeah, Scott, um, why don't you tell me and everybody else that's going to be listening uh, your first memory of fishing? So, how did it go? Where did where did you go? What did you fish for? All that good stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know, my, my family growing up since I can remember, we always went to this uh place in the Sierra Nevada is called Twain Heart. Yep. Um and so we'd go there for about a week every single summer. And the first house we would always go, you know, we only we only rented it for a week. We didn't own it, mm-hmm. but you know, uh every every week for that that we would go there, we had access to the Twain Heart Lake. And it was, it was right in the backyard. Like you could walk from the cabin we were at right down to the lake. So we had unlimited access to that thing. Nice. And so, you know, probably I would say the first memory that I could think of is probably, you know, maybe five or six years old Mm -hmm. being down in the backyard over there, just on the little dock in the backyard, just throwing out those little kid rods, the little plastic ones, just catching, catching perch. Yeah, exactly. Superhero
0: specials, the Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, catching little guys. Uh mm-hmm. I can't remember, you know, one specific catch or like anything like that, but I, I definitely have memories of just being out there with, you know, my parents and my grandparents, and my cousins. Yeah. I can I can see countless photos of us out there from the photo albums that, you know, my grandparents have. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was definitely my first introduction to fishing was just out in Twainheart uh cool. every summer. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um yeah, I remember you guys I don't know if it was in the same spot, or I remember uh, seeing that photo of you and Ellen holding up trout on a little bridge, like in your little swim trunks. Yeah, yeah. Know, you guys looked maybe like twelve, thirteen. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: was that also in Twain Heart, or was that a different? That spot?
1: was that was Twain Heart, but it was a different cabin. Once once I was about, uh, I think in that photo I was probably about ten or eleven. Nice, and probably ten, and nice. yeah, that was a different cabin that we started going to. Which was not on Twain Heart Lake, but it had mm-hmm. the one we started going to had access to a different private lake that they they kept that thing stocked with trout. So mm-hmm. once once I was old enough to you know start using the real stuff, you know me and my dad and my brother we'd start going out on a on a blow up raft just like a three person little raft, and we go out into that private lake, just drop our yeah. hooks to the bottom, and you know five trout limit yeah. which. You know most years we would be able to hit that every definitely day, limited out, yeah, so you know they kept that thing stocked, and you know that was that was definitely most of my fishing experience growing up was just in that lake on a raft with my dad and my brother catching yeah, you know good sized trout, you know, they didn't get huge out there, but I can definitely you know pick out anything from like thirteen to sixteen inches out of there, yeah, that's they a were good trout right there, they were good trout, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know we'd. We'd have one night every week out there that we'd cook the trout that we caught. So yep, that's made use about, of them.
0: Little cat, uh, little catch and cook. Um, mm-hmm. That's always nice. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we grew up pretty close to each other, only about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes away Probably, maybe. Yeah, if 30, that, 40. Um, and I also grew up you know, fishing a lot of lakes in the area. And I have been up to Twain Heart. Never fished up there, but did hear that it's pretty good. You know, that's Sierra, Sierra Nevada line a lot of good lakes a lot of good streams um a lot of hidden spots with a lot of good fish so it's uh definitely worth going up there um but that's cool man um so yeah so scott uh recently moved up this uh this past summer and um me being the cat i am and um having a, lo- a good amount of experience fishing on the the snake for catfish i was just like well i want to get them out i want to get him in Our other buddy Alan, who's also Scott's roommate, out and um, get on some good catfish, and we have a lot of good stories that we're going to be covering here soon. But I just kind of wanted to ask: Did you ever go catfishing before coming up to Idaho? Have you ever been catfishing before? You know, first experience.
1: That was definitely my first experience. Um, You know, the only time I had ever fished for catfish before that was. One time we were at Lake Francis. I don't even really know where it is at this point. We only went once. I don't, I don't really remember, but we went once up to this place called Lake Francis. Stayed there for a few nights, and it's got like it's got like a little channel going feeding into that lake. That my dad was telling me that there's you know not big ones, but there's catfish in there. And I was like, mm-hmm. I never caught one, so I would like to try. So we, you know, all we did was buy some like that really smelly fake liver bait. Yep, that stink bait Just like at Walmart. Yeah, just like, like exactly, it feels like clay, and it just reeks. It's the worst smelling bait you can (laughs) get. I I mean, I had never done it before, so I was like, oh my god, what is this? Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we just tried to throw it on a, you know, no special rig or nothing, throw it on our typical setup, just with a bigger Mm -hmm. hook, and didn't have any success. We didn't try for... We only tried for, you know, mm-hmm. a few hours, no success, but that was, that was my yeah. only experience attempting to get a catfish until <laughs>
0: I came out here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, the stink bait, man. Uh, unfortunately that stuff is like, it's just super potent, but for some reason it, it never normally works. I used to use it quite a bit and quite often. Uh, when I used to fish in California on the Delta for any California listeners, um, and we used stink bait quite a bit cuz it was just cheap and it was available you know that and chicken liver which has always been a go to for me but we used that stink bait and there's only one time i could remember one of us catching a catfish and it was my brother caught like a little like a 4 or 5 pounds cat on that stink bait and that was the only memory i have of where that stuff actually worked and there's so many different like there's so many different flavors there's like chicken blood and then um i think there's like a fish scent one and um, mm-hmm. to me, they smell like horse manure. You get yeah. that on your hands, it's the worst smell ever, and you won't be able to get it off for weeks. It's it's honestly, it's it's horrible, but it hasn't uh, been that successful. Um, but yeah, just kind of going into the, the summer uh, stories, yeah. So like I said before, I'm a big cat fisherman. That's the main fish I target. Um, and going on the Snake River is something I do – Quite often in the summer, when that, that warmer, those warmer months start coming around, and um, I have a bunch of different spots on the on the Snake River and the uh, Boise River that have you know produced some pretty good catfish for us. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember one of the we went quite a bit. So it was me and then Scott, who's on right now, and our buddy Alan. We go out. I mean, I was going catfishing probably at least three times a week, if not more, if I could. And I normally have them tag along with me, and I know they had a blast. It was it was a lot of fun, you know, just going out there, you know, twelve pack of beer, and just sitting out there and waiting <laughs> for that monster to come around. Um, yeah. One of the the vivid memories I have, and I know you have, and you know, some of the other boys have, is we went out to, um, on the Snake River. There's an access point called Celebration Park. I'm sure everybody who's Oops listening or is going to be listening from idaho definitely no celebration park it's a very popular stretch of river um i have a bunch of good holes out there that have produced a lot of good fish there's a spot that i call the honey hole or the nursery um as i <laughs> like to call it and it's basically just this end of the stretch where it kind of has this this off current or off river and it splits between this island it's like the main the main stretch is going out, and then this feeder channel kind of comes into this little, honestly, an area where the current wasn't very high, and I knew that it was deep, and I knew that there was fish there. So I, I was like, okay, a lot of the boys were coming out, so it was me, Scott, Alan, Sean, Anthony, and uh, my brother. And the goal for the night, like it always is, to catch fish. Um, my thing is, you know, I always say. I want my my buddies to catch fish rather than me, so I am happy if they all catch one and I don't. And we got really lucky that night. We caught I think seven or eight. Um, everybody got a fish, so super exciting. Um, I don't get to go out with all the boys all that often fishing, getting that group together to go fishing all at once. So it was definitely an experience. Um, I have a bunch of photos and videos from that night. And it was just an absolute blast. And we were using, you know, pretty, you know, just good old chicken liver. Um, I also had some some other bait of choice, but the chicken liver seemed to be getting it at this, uh, this nursery spot, like a, as I like to call it. Um, Scott, is there any like memories you have of that night or anything that you want to talk about? Um, maybe some good luck charms or things that we did that uh, helped us, you know, catch some fish or anything that you have that is insightful or something interesting that you remember?
1: yeah I mean it was really cool to have all of us out there, you know yeah. it's It's hard enough to get you know three or four mm-hmm. people to get on the same schedule, but to have I think it was six of us to get all of us to get out there, especially because we were going pretty late, you know yeah yeah I, we were out I, there I don't clearly. recall exactly what time we went out there that time, but I mean, we were out there, and it was dark most of the time, so we were out there pretty late mm-hmm. um so to get everybody out there at that time was really cool especially cuz you know Zach and Anthony were moving after the summer yeah, so yeah. it was good to have them out there
0: oh 100% um,
1: and yeah every i mean everybody got to reel in a catfish and it was that was know.
0: the best part i mean it just doesn't get better than that man you can yeah
1: it it was awesome. And, you know, yep. none of, you know, none of them were tiny, like all of them I mean, were a good size. Yeah. And... Yeah.
0: There's none or, you know, none below like four pounds. So they're all nice. They're all nice channels. I think the biggest one we caught was maybe like six or seven. I think, I think, who was it? My brother or somebody got the biggest that night. Um, Or was it you or maybe Alan? I don't remember. One of you guys reeled in a really I nice can't. one seven maybe close to eight and uh, i think i think it was
1: anthony but i could be i could be wrong but yeah i've I've got i got photos and videos from that night too (laughs) Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of photos we we caught a lot of fish that night you know you're lucky that even when it's just you know two or three of us going out there we're lucky if we both get a fish or we're lucky if we get to reel in more than one if it's just us two and you know to get to have six of us out there and everybody gets to reel in a fish is you know can't ask for much more than that
0: you really can't and um yeah, like I said before, it's nice getting everybody out there, I'm kind of teaching them uh, a thing or two. My thing is like every time I'm out there, I try to at least explain to you guys my setup or rig or why I'm doing a certain thing in a, you know, a certain hole. And um, I know you guys have always a bunch of questions and I was happy to answer them. And it was, it was, it was pretty cool because I, I always like explaining, you know, why I'm using a certain things. I just find it um, fascinating and, and interesting, um, from my point of view. But yeah, I remember uh, that night we we played a certain game. Was it um, was it like Would you rather or something? I think it
1: was. I think it was Would you was, rather. Would you rather? We were,
0: and we were just doing some stupid, stupid stuff, like stupid questions, stupid answers. The worst things you could think. The of. worst thing. <laughs> you could and uh, we won't go into detail on that. But um, I remember every time we started doing that, a fish would bite. So oh, you know what just, it was?
1: It- is hot takes is hot takes hot takes there it is every, hot takes that's what we were every doing every time somebody mm-hmm. came up with like a really good hot take hot take and Boom, here comes instantly. the fire. I, yeah, I yeah. remember
0: vividly we were we were playing it and um somebody was like explaining as soon as that happened the poll just started going nuts and I was like oh, whoa 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 and you know we grabbed it and we reeled it in is every time we didn't you know do any hot takes the the bite would go cold so i think from there on out we always just said like oh man if the bites getting slow let's just let's just do some hot takes and I'm sure it'll pick up a little bit. Yeah. That's a yeah, little that, charm. Yeah. That night was fun. Um, there's another night that I remember and this was kind of a little bit of a two-parter. Um, so most of my spots on the, uh, the snake river are all in you know, the desert. So out towards either Melba um, for any of you familiar Acuna area and even out towards Steck Park, out towards Weezer, and um, you know, I always like to fish different spots. And you know, the celebration Par- the, spe- the celebration park spot is always good. It's always money. Normally, we catch fish, but that there's a spot that I found on the Boise River <clears throat> that um, I know produces a lot of good catfish as well. And we'd we'd hit that spot quite often. Um, one night I vividly remember we we kind of go out there and um <laughs> it was funny because we get this one fish you know off of night crawlers and normally you know a lot of people out here use night crawlers for catfish and that's not my really my go to I always have a pack with me just in case because I'm like you know it's always another bait to try um but I remember vividly we had this this, we we I had a bunch of fresh bluegill that cut up into you know bite-sized chunks for these catfish and this area that we were fishing had a pretty strong current but it was it was kind of pretty slow current all the way through up towards this bridge where it deepened up and that's where the bait would kind of stop and I remember after that first fish we were just sitting there for it had to be like an hour and a half and we were just talking and just you know, shooting the shit and nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden this pole just starts slowly going down. And I was like, it woke us up. I was about to fall asleep out there. And, um, it was a slow night.
1: It was a slow Yeah. Night.
0: And I remember, um, Scott just leaping out of the chair like an animal dude, and just running down that hill. And he was able to grab it. And at first I didn't know if the fish was on there still, because I think what happened as soon as he grabbed it, he peeled a bunch of drag off. So we were just, playing catch up at that point. So I was reeling in as fast as I could and I felt him still on there and I gave it to Scott and it was a hell of a fish. It was a nice, you know, eight, maybe close to nine pounder. It was awesome. And great fight. I mean, it definitely will cause something I won't forget. That's for sure. Um, and then I remember our buddy, Allen, good old Allie. shout out Allen. Um, <laughs> He wanted to get on one real bag because me and me and Scott have caught the only two of the night. And the previous spot that we originally wanted was a little bit deeper. Um, I know it holds a little bit more bigger fish, if that makes sense. Um, we headed down to that spot at probably I don't know one thirty-two in the morning, and our buddy Alan has been had had been drinking quite a few beers. And uh, I know he was really, really wanting to get on a fish. And um, I'm
1: pretty sure he he left while we were going through the slow parts. He left to go to the gas station to get the beer. Yes.
0: Exactly. You left, got the beer. uh, I think he had
1: all but like two of them. I'm pretty sure I only had one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was just me and Scott just kicking it for a while. And then Alan was like, well, I need to get on a fish tonight. And I was like, all right, let's go to the other spot. So we, we head down there and. There's no there's no bites for quite some time, and then all of a sudden, um, we're seeing the pole getting some action, and in this spot, it's like kind of a spillway spot, and the problem is, is that it goes down. I don't know why that keeps doing that. Can you hear that?
1: Yeah, it's just really faint.
0: Yeah, it's... I don't know, it might be my mic, but... Either way, we'll cut it out. But yeah, and then finally, uh, we get on a a good fish, and Alan picks up the rod, and I didn't know how loose the drag was, but I'm pretty sure the drag was loose, um, just so if the fish was to take it down river a little bit, we be we be good to go, just because the current is strong in that area. And I remember him just picking up the rod and trying to reel, and it just it locked up on him. The drag locked up, so it was just nothing. Nothing was going on. And I was confused. and I didn't even think he had a
1: fish. I was like, there's not even a fish on there, dude. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I was, you know, same boat. I was just like, I don't know if there's a fish on here. And I start trying to reel. It's still locking up. And I was just like, well, the only way we're going to know is if we pull it in by hand. And I mean, good thing is the setup that I use is I use 25-pound mono on this this certain rod and reel setup that I have. And then I have a 40-pound mono leader to a circle hook. So I was like, okay, if I pull this in, most likely I'm going to be able to get it in because we're not catching a, a fish that size, at least not that. And I start pulling it in by hand. I was like, there's a fish on the end. And I was like, holy crap. And we reel it in. It was a nice fish. It was probably like an eight-pound catfish, maybe a nine-pounder. Close to the uh, same size as the one that Scott, excuse me, uh, Scott caught earlier and then, um, but yeah, it was, it was hilarious. And <laughs> to this day, you know, we just, we tell Alan, you know, Hey, that's your fish. You know, mm-hmm. we, we just had a little bit of a malfunction, but we'll, we'll still count it.
1: Yeah. Um, we still tried to
0: give it to him. He, yeah. he yeah. didn't want
1: to accept it.
0: No, he but... didn't. He was just like, no, I, he's like, I'm not leaving until we catch a fish. And then I think he had one more beer and he was. He's he's, he's feeling a little bit and he's like, all right, maybe it is time to go home. And I was just like, Hey, there's always another night. I I promise. We were out late
1: that night. I I don't think we started packing up to go home until like after three. Yeah. That was a yeah. long night.
0: Yep. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good night of fishing. Not bad. You know, I thought it wasn't going to go well cause we didn't catch that first fish until maybe an hour or two in. Um, so it was, it was definitely a little daunting, but it was, it was, it was fun and Scott's catch is on my TikTok and YouTube. I believe it's on mm. both. If not TikTok. I've seen it on YouTube. It's definitely YouTube. on, it's definitely I've on YouTube. I've seen it on YouTube. Go check it out. Some raw footage is pretty cool. Uh, right after the pole went into the water and we got that fish in. So if you guys want to go check that out, my um account is right by my name here, whiskerfishing 208 And then uh yeah, so uh Scott, is there any other um memories that you had of the summer fishing? Um, at all that you can go over, or if, if uh, yeah, just something that you do remember.
1: Uh, yeah, just to touch on the story we just said. I mean, I I remember mm-hmm. like all of us were just kind of like, I think you know we hadn't given up, but we were just kind of relaxed, like not even thinking about there's going to be a fish on this pole. It had yeah, been so be- long, and we we were all just kind of out of it, just sitting there doing nothing. And as soon as I see that orange pole start going down, I I just remember leaping out of my chair like you said and going orange pole orange pole and you know we're we're like up on yeah where the the street street is at yeah but it's you know it's a good like 15 20 feet down this little hill to where we had to set the poles Mm -hmm. so you know this i mean i was i was thinking i'm gonna have to jump into this river to get this pole if i don't Mm -hmm. sprint so i'm just like i'm like running down this hill in my boots as fast as i can and you know it's not it's not just like regular dirt hill like there's these plants and bushes and mud it's not just like an easy walk down that thing so you know i probably could have eaten shit at any second the way i was running
0: no yeah i actually thought that you were gonna eat it for a second you know
1: i had the adrenaline going because i was you know going from zero to a 100 like that i was just like damn i want to reel in this fish yeah and you know the way it pulled down that pole i was like this has got to be a big it's got to be a a big cat Mm -hmm. and so i remember just picking up the pole Cause I beat you guys there and I'm not even looking down and I don't realize that the fish had like, when it pulled the pole, it also twisted it. So the reel was upside down. I'm trying to reel in this pole <laughs> upside remember. down. I'm not even thinking, I'm yeah. like, why isn't this reeling? Cause I would just, I was just in the mode of reel, reel, <laughs> reel. Oh yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I hand the pole off to you and you just flip it around and I'm like, Oh my, I'm such an idiot. Like yeah. I was just too in the moment yeah. to think about it. I just didn't even look down. And then you know you you obviously handed it back to me once you knew you had it hooked, and so you know I think that was probably the biggest fish I caught that summer yeah um, yeah
0: i I think we, we it was a big guy afterwards it was definitely a good sized cat, man um those are the ones that you're looking for right there, man. um it doesn't get better than that. I do remember there was a few times where you and me would just go out solo um mm-hmm. so. Over the summer, at the start of the summer, I started my TikTok account for fishing, and my goal was to get a thousand followers and then sh- start to go live. So uh, towards the end of the summer, me and Scott went out one night to sell, or one evening, two night, um, to Celebration Park, kind of our normal spot, and you know you just kind of get out and find a spot. I I totally forgot that it was like Memorial Day or, uh, some sort of.
1: Yeah, I think um, it was, I think it was Memorial Day. I no, think it was Memorial Day. Is Memorial Is it, Day the early one? I was it I Veterans so. Day?
0: Or was it Veterans Day? I'm trying to one. remember. It was one of those it was one of those two. And uh we headed out to Celebration Park on the snake and I wanted to go live. And I know Scott was there for my one of my first lives, so that was pretty cool. He got to see kinda how um I set up my stuff for live and looking at the chat and Got yeah, it, you had it, a hell of a time trying to
1: trying to set up the phone. Oh my god. It, 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 took, it was not a good set It's hard to get that thing set up in a good spot.
0: Yeah, I mean the problem was is that when we got there there's just so many people, I just totally forgot that it was a holiday weekend and that there was gonna be a bunch of people at the spot considering that it's just an easy access point. Um, yeah. So getting out and I was like, Oh, do we wanna walk all the way to our normal spot or because I didn't think there was gonna be any internet down there, so I was like, "All right, we're just gonna go kind of towards the visiting center," and that was kind of a mistake. We had multiple people just kind of passing by, and people on boats, and yeah, we weren't getting any bites there. And I, then I remember, as it turned to night, we we switched over to a spot where, in the beginning of the summer, I caught one of the biggest catfish I've ever caught. In that stretch, it was about a fourteen, fifteen pound catfish. I mean, Normally this spot's really good, but it is a very easy spot for people to get there. As soon as you get to Celebration Park, I mean, if anybody's yeah, listening, it's right there. It's right there. You just go down this hill, and this access point is right there. It's a very popular spot, easy spot to get to. And I remember we were just sitting out there for hours with nothing, and we were just getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. And it was just a, It was just a disaster, and we didn't. I don't even think we got a bite. I was like, oh man, like I'm gonna just switch baits a bunch, you know. I, I over this over this past summer, I definitely got into more of the uh, fish bait rather than the store bought bait. So in the past, I'd use a lot of shrimp and chicken liver, which got it done. I mean, I fished on the snake Snake River with chicken liver before I discovered, you know, you know, cut bluegill and cut crappie and all that good stuff. And normally, you know, chicken liver would get it done. And this night nothing. So I you know, I always say if chicken liver doesn't get it done, then you're you're just probably shit out of luck that night. <laughs> but I do remember um over the summer we'd always go to this pond in Meridian uh to catch bluegale um, before we'd head out to the snake and I would bring out Scott and Ellen and we'd just get bobbers and fish with little night crawlers to catch some bluegale and that was always fun. We'd always, you know, I'd always get out there a little bit ahead of time and then they would meet me out there and it was just, it was a blast. Like I said, it's just old school little, you know, anybody can bluegill fish, you know, no matter what people say. Yeah, it's not the biggest fight or anything, but it's fun, you know. We're uh, mm-hmm. getting those, those, that bait to use later on the Snake River. And I, you know, as soon as I started using that cut bluegill a little bit more, I noticed that the bigger fish started to come around. Um, because, you know, we use a lot of chicken liver and you get a lot of different size fish, you know, all the way from two pounds to 10 plus. But I was trying to search for that, you know, those monsters Um, in the summer and I eventually got on one. I don't remember if you saw that video, the one of me just soaking wet, holding up that enormous catfish. Yep. Um, I
1: think I have that photo saved. That's easily the biggest fish I've ever seen one of my friends pull in. That thing yeah, was huge.
0: I know Scott, you know, he was commenting on my YouTube first and I know he, he went and commented on that, that video. Um, but yeah, that was a funny story, man. I'll just kind of go into that as we're wrapping things up. But, um, yeah, it was just me and my other buddy. Um, this was, I think a night where I believe you were either back in San Jose or visiting your parents in East Idaho. Cause I know that you and uh, Alan were not available. So, Mm-hmm. I hit up my buddy Garrett, shout out Garrett. And uh, we went out on a pretty chilly June night um, on the Snake River out to Celebration Park again. Um, this time we kind of had to do some walking. Um, <clears throat> As you kind of get into Celebration Park, you turn left and you can go down this, like, this nature trail. And that's what we basically followed. Then we came around this bend and I noticed that there's a spot that I was like, oh, this... This should have some fish in it. There definitely there definitely should be some fish. And uh I had some some chicken liver and I had some, you know, some cut bluegale, some fresh and uh I had my buddy Garrett out there with me and we weren't getting anything. Um as the night kept going on, it was just a really, really tough night. There was no bites, no action are we, we were reeling in, recasting, reeling in, recasting, throwing the bait in different holes, different spots, trying to figure out, you know, where these fish might be hiding. Um, As soon as it hit like one o'clock, I noticed, and at that, that time, it was like 56 degrees outside. So it was cold and it was a little bit windy. It wasn't your typical summer night out in the desert. But that that weather out there can change in an instant. So kind of have to be prepared for that. And I was just like, well, I'm probably going to call it a night here in the next 30 minutes. I noticed... um that my pole just kind of goes like that. Right. So as most cat fishermen know that first little tap, you know, it's just most of the time it's the fish checking out the bait and see him picking it up and then spitting it out, that type of thing. So I was patient and I waited and all of a sudden, and this was my fault. So after this, I got, you know, the good pole holders, the ones that you get at Cabela's these <laughs> stick holders where you can put in. And, um, they have a kind of a plastic lining. It's just a tube, and they're perfect. About thirteen, fourteen bucks at Cabela's each. But before this, I had just kind of those shitty little uh, night sticks. So they kind of glow in the dark, but they're so they're so bad. And I was just like, man, if I get a fish, this is going to be bad. And I basically just try to put a rock on the back of the rod so that it wouldn't move. And um, after that fish, about. Man, 10 minutes go by, and then all of a sudden, my pole just bends straight down and goes straight into the water. Gone. <laughs> I got so fast out of my chair. I ran down there. As I was going down the hill, I slip in mud, and I eat it. <laughs> the I roll into mud. I'm covered in mud and water. Um, Garrett doesn't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's pitch dark out there. We barely have any lights. I had a little bit of a lamp and a flashlight. I'm freaking out because that was like my brand new setup. So the rod that I had was just, um, it was an Avocat rod. So it was an old school, like uh, you can get it at like any like sporting goods store back in the day. I don't believe they sell them anymore in store, um, but you could find yeah. it online. It was a really sturdy rod, medium heavy action. So I just wanted to pair it up with a reel and this Penn Squall. That was a Penn Squall two, I believe. I could be wrong. It's pretty popular rod for big catfish it goes in the water so I'm like freaking out cause I'm like dude that rod that reel alone was like 150 bucks I get in the water and I'm probably like chest deep and Garrett's on the Garrett's on the beach and he's flashing a flashlight I was like I don't know what to do like I have no idea what to do I'm chest deep in water in the middle of the night and I was like fuck so I start f- feeling around with my feet you know just kind of like doing some weird stuff out in the middle of the water, you know, (laughs) and just kind of sitting there and I feel it with my foot. I feel something with my foot and I pick it up and it's my rod. And I was like, there's no way there's just no way right now because I've had, I had a rod stolen from me from a carp when I was in high school fishing on this little Creek off of 580. I never saw that rod reel again. So it was giving me kind of (laughs) some, some flashbacks and I was like, I got to find this rod. I pick it up, and, I mean, we, we were searching in that water for probably five or ten minutes. I mean, I didn't find it for a while, and then I finally pick it up. I must have, I must have been reeling as fast as I could to get all that line and slack line back for probably a good, almost like 30 seconds. And finally, I get it to the point where I feel the titan hit. The fish is literally, like, right next to me. It's just swimming, and then all of a sudden it splashes, and I was like, oh my god, this is a, this the giant this is like the fish this is the channel cat I've been looking for <laughs> um, as people know in um all you cat fishermen out there we got channels and we got flatheads in idaho and then there has been some 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 records and some evidence showing that we have had a few blue cats in the snake, no substantial evidence um but Flatheads and channels are your main and mostly channel catfish. I mean, you can catch channel catfish anywhere. And on the snake, I mean, they get pretty big. But, you know, tr- to get to that range size fish, like it's not, it's not every night you're catching one. And I was able to get it in the net barely. I measure the fish. It was a 30-inch fish. And it had to be probably close to 20 pounds. Um, it was insane. I was soaking wet. <laughs> I had to pick it up. It was straddling it like this, you know, uh, trying to get pictures and and all that good stuff. And I revive it in the water and he just kind of starts swimming in circles. And me and Garrett were just able to see how big this fish was just swimming in the water. And we're like, wow, that is just a ginormous fish. Mind you, it was cold. I was soaking wet. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go home. You know, I told Garrett, I was like, are you okay with going home? I know you didn't catch one. That was a hell of a night. And, you know, I'm I'm ready to kind of call it a night. And so that was kind of a, uh, one of those cool memories also over the summer, you know, catching that, my personal best channel catfish right there. But, um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to touch on Scott? Is there any other memories that you could think of real quick as we're closing out and getting to this 40 minute mark?
1: Yeah. If there's any Um, nice things that
0: you want to talk about, man, go over it for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, we mentioned, you know, going to, uh, going to that park, catching bluegill. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, catching a bluegill is not the same as catching a big trout or catching a catfish. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's still a lot of fun. You know, you you don't even need to really plan for it, especially when we've got so many little ponds out here with bluegill in them. You know, we can just go out whenever we want, spend an hour out there, have a good time. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be a, three, four, five hour night out on the river looking Mm -hmm. for cats to have a good time fishing, you know, you can always just go to a pond, catch some bluegill, you know, in that lake that I usually fished at in Twainheart. you know, they, they got bluegill in there too. And Mm -hmm. you know, if the trout aren't biting that day, you know, you take the raft down, there was always a couple spots that I knew about where you just take the raft over there to a spot where you wouldn't be able to cast from the dock or the shore throw your throw a little bobber out there and you could catch like 10 bluegill in an hour if if you just keep casting right there. It was so yeah. easy. Yeah. And so, you know, bluegill is always a good one to fall back on, you know, they're not going to fight much, but you still get that feeling.
0: Hey, they're you, feisty, man. The tug is the drug. That's what I like to say.
1: <laughs> you know, um, you don't you don't got to spend a bunch of money. You just throw yeah, a no. throw a nightcrawler on there and you're, good, and to you're go. good to go. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. As much as much fun as catching those big cats are and I love doing it over the summer you know you you're I'm not going to complain if you know you go out there and you're just getting some bluegill it's still a good time Definitely. you know you don't don't need a special setup you know all I like you know I got just a regular bait caster throw a little yeah. hook on there and you're good to go so yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah anything I mean I think fancy yeah it's uh, um it's always fun going out and bluegill fishing kind of brings me back to my roots you know as most little kids do uh, when they, when they do go out fishing, you know, with their dad or whatever, when they're young, you know, um, it's easy to kind of just get introduced by, you know, bluegill fishing, just a simple setup, and they're feisty fish. So they'll come after it. And it's a lot of fun. Um, I remember we have property my family has property in Southern Oregon. There's this little, this little Lake and this Lake just, Oh my God, it's just it's just overrun by bluegill. Like if you're not catching anything mm-hmm. else, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of fishermen say like, Oh, if you're not catching anything else, just to boost my confidence, I'm going to fish for fish for blue and get my confidence. And we, yep. just, you know, we wouldn't catch, it, it was uh, a lake known for a lot of bass and a lot of big bass, um, but we can never get on the big ones. And you would just get bored and you're like, you know what? I want a bluegill fish. I want to, I want to catch something tonight, you know? I'm going to catch mm-hmm. something today. And even though it's, it's not the most glamorous fishing, it's a lot of fun and, uh, it brings you back to your roots for sure. Um, yep. but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all I got for you guys today. Um, I appreciate you, Scott, being on the, the podcast, the first episode. This is amazing. Um, we you know we touched on just you know the the 10% of the stuff we did over the summer fishing um it was all it was a lot of fun covering all this this information on this episode and uh i was glad that you were able to get on here with me and um, before we kind of close out things i just want to let you guys know that i am going to be trying to post episodes not not super often like the other um the other segments Considering that they're sports, so they kind of have to be updated weekly. I'm going to be just cranking out a bunch of episodes and just kind of firing them at you guys. So make sure that you guys are following us on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube, our Instagram. Go follow us there. We want to get to 150 followers. Uh, We're making a Twitter. All Settle Down. All at Settle Down uh, Podcast. If you just type in Settle Down, you'll be able to find it. It's also behind me there. And then also in the corner to the right on our recording. So, yeah, I'm just going to be cranking out a bunch of stuff. I'm really excited to see where this segment goes. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you being on uh, being on here, Scott. I really do. It was a lot of fun. Um, and, yeah, just look out. Like I said, guys, look out for more episodes next week. I will be um, doing a interview. Most of my episodes are going to be interview style. Uh, just so I kind of have somebody to bounce off some stuff too. So next week I'll be having my other buddy, Isaac Guerrero on from Texas. And he's going to be talking to us about his exotic ranch adventures and the, the fishing and hunting he does out there. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to.
1: Audio thing is back. <laughs>
0: Um, sorry about that. Something's going on with the, uh, my headphones or something. Uh, but yeah, I just want to reiterate and go over. Thanks again, Scott, for being on here, man. You did a lot of fishing with me and over the summer and I was glad I was able to get you on some good fish and, uh, we had some good memories and a lot of good stories. And, uh, I probably will be having Scott on again at some point to cover some more, um, content. So yeah, I'll be looking out for that and, uh, just be looking out for all the the posts and the content. So I appreciate everybody tuning in and you guys have a good night.